glad you joined us here on this November 20th, 2022 at the First Love Ministries with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren has titled his sermon today, The Turkey Lady. Our liturgist today is Anita Donahoe Ott. And our special music comes to us from the church chancel choir titled, All Hail the Power of Jesus. Our scripture reading is taken from Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. And our gospel reading comes to us from John 13, 1 through 21. If you have a hymn book around there, you can join us in singing the first hymn, number 649, Amazing Grace. And the second hymn, it's going to be 475. Come thou fount of every blessing. The last hymn for this Sunday is hymn number 697, verses 1 through 4. Take my life. We pray that you have a great Thanksgiving holiday gathering with your family and friends. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I want to welcome all of our guests here and online. Please tell us that you're here. And uh, for those here, please sign and pass the friendship pads. I think they're on this side, and they just go on. Um, but please tell us that you're here. We'd like to especially welcome our guests and welcome you all here together for worship. Following worship, these doors will open up, and you're invited to... Uh, share refreshments with us, which is always fun. Today is Commitment Sunday. We have extra commitment cards in the pews, and we encourage all to share your 2023 commitment as well as your offering today. And I'll remind you all this again soon, or kind of after uh, one of our hymns, we'll, we'll put a basket here. And, uh, and then we also have, let me find it, bookmarks for you to pick up. So if you've given already, if you've made your commitment online or you've already mailed it in, you can still come forward to give your offering and or to pick up a bookmark. I, I think it's kind of neat to have one of these for your Bible just to remind you of grace overflowing. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have and abundance for every good deed. Which I think is very appropriate as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, and there are take-home wreaths in the back. There's a little sign-up sheet just so we know who to check with, like Jonathan Warren, who forgets to turn his back in later, um, just to remind you to have, so we know who gets it. So, Please take those, and then at home, you can light a candle at dinner time with your family, with yourself each evening, or if it's easier for you, at breakfast time. And then each week, you'll add a second candle, and then a third, and then a fourth. So we want to make sure folks have those for home. Some of you have them already at home, and we encourage you to use those, but if you don't have one, they're right back there. There is a link in the bulletin for the angel tree, so those who are gifted techn technologically, you can uh, sign up for Advent or for the angel tree, but for those who aren't as gifted in technology or who can't figure that out, it's, it's, Bill Blue is here before and after church this, this week and next Sunday to help with sign up. So he has it on the screen and then he has extra sheets so you can kind of see who you want to sign up for and with, and then he'll help you sign up online. If you do need help besides Bill, you can always call the office, and Dana can help you as well. Join us December 4th for a fun morning messy church worship event, and our kinder angels will sing. That'll be the second Sunday of Advent. And now let us worship God.
Good morning, everyone. Please join me in the call to worship printed in your bulletin. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. God's surprising grace calls us toward a new way of life. Give us a vision that is new life today as we worship you. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Trusting in God's surprising grace and mercy, let us offer our prayers of confession. Jesus Christ, Son of God, forgive the time we have forgotten you, the times we have turned away from you, the times we have laughed at you, the times we have ignored you and the needs of our brothers and sisters. Bring us close once more that we might dwell in your overflowing and surprising grace. In your holy name we pray, amen. Let us silently confess our sins. Amen. We have grace overflowing. It is abundant, and we have it from many, many homes. You see those pictures over there and over here and over here, and it fills this font because God's grace is so overflowing that it moves beyond these walls, beyond our hearts, throughout this world. Know that you are forgiven, that this grace 
is for you. God loves you. God loves you. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Please be seated. Let us prepare our hearts for scripture by saying the prayer for illumination together. God of abundant life, your surprising grace is our daily bread. Nourish us by your word and fill us with your spirit so that we may grow in grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. Listen, let us listen to the word of God. So then, put away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God and w with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption." Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel lesson comes to us from John 
chapter 13, beginning with the first verse. Let us listen to the word of God today. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. And he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean, and you are clean, though not all of you, for he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. And after he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do, to, if you do them. If I am not speaking of all of you, I know who I am, who I have chosen, but it is to fulfill the scripture. The one who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now, before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Very truly, I tell you, whoever receives one whom I send receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, very truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite the children up right now for children's time. Okay, so I'm going to take off my shoes right now, and I was wondering if any of you, and my socks, I know, it's kind of cold, but I wondered if any of you would wash my feet. What do you think? You would do it? Oh, that's really cool. Here, come here, come here. I'm going to put them right here in the river, and you wash them, okay, just wipe them down with your hands, okay. Now, do I have hairy toes? Yeah, I have a little hair on my toes. Yeah, feet are kind of different, huh? Thank you, thank you for washing them. It's really nice. You know what Jesus did? We just read about it. Jesus washed his disciples' feet, right? It's kind of different, huh? Do a lot of people like feet? What are feet, what are feet like? They're sometimes stinky, huh? Yeah, sometimes they get sweaty and we uh, put socks on them to kind of cover it and sometimes our shoes stink, right? Isn't it kind of surprising that Jesus, who's in charge and the Son of God, that he would wash people's feet? Do you know servants would do that? They would. We don't really do it here, do we? But where it's dusty, um, like with Jesus, it was dusty, and it's still dusty in Israel. And so uh, everybody would, whenever you came, whenever you go to somebody's house in Israel or in Palestine, you take off your shoes, 
so you don't track dirt in the house. Do you, does anyone here take off your shoes so that you, like, yeah, yeah, probably at somebody's friend's house or at your house. Sometimes you have to take them off. Uh-huh. Yeah, you take your shoes off sometimes here. It, but it's not as common, right, sometimes. Sometimes you just leave your shoes on when you go to somebody's house. Oh, that's cool. At children's church, you take your shoes off. Why? Because it's kind of special, huh? Yeah, I think that's very special because it's holy space, huh? Yeah, that's really neat. And it's kind of special that Jesus washed his disciples' feet because he didn't, he didn't have to. He's God's son, right? He's like in charge, right? And maybe one of the disciples should have done it, but they didn't want to wash anybody's stinky feet, right? <laughs> but Jesus says, I love you. And then he says, do this to others. Wash other people's feet. Do we do that? No, but I think what he was telling us, share grace. See, you did that. I asked who wanted to wash my feet, and you said, I'll do it, right? And so you're sharing grace. You're sharing love. You're helping someone. I think that's what it means is you help someone. How do you think, how can we help people this week? What do you think? Yeah? Yeah? What else? Anyone else? What else can you do? Yeah? How can you share love and kindness this week? Listen to your parents. Help out. If you help one another, that's kind of like washing someone's feet, right? Because you're kind and sweet and nice. Okay, I think you guys. I think we all have a challenge to be kind and sweet, to wash other people's feet, to help one another. Okay? So thank you for washing my feet. And thank you for Jesus who washed his disciples' feet, even though they were kind of stinky probably and dirty and gross, right? But he loved his disciples. And we are Jesus' disciples too. These are here to fill that baptismal font with water. I know some of you poured some water into it. Did you guys pour water into it today? Yeah. And so that's what filled our baptismal font today. And you can see even more over there and over there. And then you can see this river of grace. It's kind of cool, huh? Okay, let's wiggle those fingers. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Hey, that's not wiggly enough. Uh, okay, put them together. And let's that's good. And let's do an echo prayer. Dear God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for washing our feet. For sharing kindness and love in this river of grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, now you can go to children's. As we approach Thanksgiving, we need a little extra grace, don't we? I mean, I love the food at Thanksgiving, but when you get that many family members together, you either need extra pie or chocolate or something stronger and extra grace. Thanksgiving and holiday family gatherings, they're, they're a mixed bag. For years, Siobhan said the Warrens make weird food for Thanksgiving. There's appetizers galore, Wild rice, eggplant ratatouille, oyster pie, bagel, stuffing. But I just wish there were mashed potatoes, Jonathan. Now, on top of that, every holiday meal is an holiday event for the Warrens. I think that's why we've adopted so many appetizers. But the problem I have is I don't have enough self-control to just eat a few appetizers. So when the main meal is ready to serve, I'm already full. And I like that weird food at the Warren Thanksgiving. <laughs> Another fun fact I get to wrestle with this year for Thanksgiving is that I recently learned a bit about my ge genealogy. My 10th great-grandfather, William Bradford, was an actual 
Pilgrim. He signed the Mayflower Compact, was the second governor of the Massachusetts colony. Now this is what my great-grandma, Ethel Rickard, once told her son-in-law. I have my side traced back to arriving on the Mayflower. Don't tell the kids that, Fred. A lot of those people were crooks and thieves and got kicked out of England. <laughs> and she's not wrong. While Thanksgiving is a national holiday, it not only has a complicated past, but can also be challenging for families whose relationships are strained. For those families who have lost loved ones, for those in the military, for those who are sick, incarcerated, homeless, anxious. Along with stuffing and mashed potatoes, we all need an extra big helping of grace this Thanksgiving. Now, normally, I wouldn't pick John 13 as a Commitment Sunday verse. In fact, it's more fitting for Lent and Monday Thursday. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples the night before he's crucified. And yet, it's on this last night that Jesus surprises his apostles once again. Such a simple, unflashing, surprising act of grace. And anyone could do it. But it's even more powerful that Jesus does it. Pastor and author Max Lucado in his book Grace says, Knowing that all authority was his, Jesus, he exchanged his robe for the servant's wrap, lowered himself to knee level, and began to rub away the grime, the grit, and the grunge their feet had collected on the journey. This was the assignment of the slave, the job of the servant. When the master came home from a day spent walking the cobblestone streets, he expected a foot washing. And the lowliest servant met him at the door with a towel and water. And I think because we've heard this over and over again every year, and it's so Jesus that when Jesus washes his disciples' feet, it just seems normal. But most of us couldn't imagine a king or a president or a person of prominence washing someone's feet unless it garnered votes or popularity or something. But this isn't normal. The prince of peace, the son of God, becomes a servant with no trace of miracle or fanfare. It's just with a few people in that upper room all by themselves, and he washes their feet. And in this, he shares a simple and surprising act of grace. I would imagine, like Reverend Lucado, most aren't fans of feet. Like the kids said, feet stink. No one creates a cologne named Athlete's Foot Deluxe or Gym Sock Musk. Feet are not known for their sweet smell or their good looks. Feet have heels. Feet have toenails. Bunions and fungus, corns and calluses and planters' warts. Uh, feet smell bad and look ugly, which Matt Lucado believes is the point of the story. Jesus touched the stinky, ugly parts of his disciples. On a November evening in 2004, Victoria Ruvalo, a 44-year-old New Yorker, was driving to her home on Long Island, She'd just attended her niece's recital and was ready for the couch, a warm fire, and relaxation. She doesn't remember seeing the silver Nissan approach from the east. She remembers nothing of the 18-year-old boy leaning out of the window, holding, of all things, a frozen turkey. And he threw it at her windshield, and the 20-pound bird crashed through the glass, bent the steering wheel inward, and shattered her face like a dinner plate on concrete. The violent prank left her grappling for life in the ICU. She survived, but only after doctors wired her jaw, affixed one eye by a synthetic film, and bolted titanium plates to her cranium. She can't look in the mirror without a reminder of her hurt. Max Lucado continues, You weren't hit by a turkey, but you married one. You work for one, got left by one. Now where do you turn? Hitman.com, Jim Beam and Friends, Pity Party Catering Service. And this is what is so surprising about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Each one of them had good reasons for Jesus not to wash their feet. 
If you remember, in the feeding of the 5,000, Philip said it was impossible. James and John competed for their place of honor in Christ's kingdom. When a storm came, Peter distrusted Jesus and fell into the water. And in just a few hours, Peter will soon deny Jesus three times. He keeps asking him, why are you washing my feet? He could easily pass by Judas, who's just a few minutes from betraying him. And Jesus knows it. Every one of them will fall asleep, abandon him when he needs them the most. Jesus has every reason not to eat with them or to wash their feet, every reason not to share love and kindness in his last few hours of life. And yet Jesus touches the stinky, ugly parts of his disciples. He washes their feet. We are counted among the disciples and among the crowd who time and time again receive mercy and grace, and yet we too abandon Jesus. We turn away from God. We lose faith. Yet Jesus touches the stinky, ugly parts of us because we are his disciples. He accepts us, washing our stinky and ugly parts, not because we deserve it, but because God is merciful and gracious. And did you catch what he tells his disciples to do after washing their feet? He commands them to do likewise. We are called to be servants to one another, to wash others' stinky and ugly feet. We are called to share God's surprising grace in this world. Victoria Ruvalo did. Nine months after her disastrous November night, she stood face to face titanium bolted face with her offender in court. Ryan Cushing was no longer the cocky, turkey-tossing kid in the Nissan. He was trembling, tearful, and apologetic. For New York City, he had come to symbolize a generation of kids out of control, and people packed the room to see him get his comeuppance. The judge's sentence enraged them. Only six months behind bars, five years probation, some counseling and public service. The courtroom erupted. Everyone objected. Everyone, that is, except Victoria Ruvalo. The reduced sentence was her idea. An 18-year-old boy walked over, and she embraced him. In full view of the judge and the crowd, she held him tight, She stroked his hair. He sobbed and she spoke. I forgive you. I want your life to be the best it can be. She allowed grace to shape her response. She says of her generosity, God gave me a second chance at life and I passed it on. If I hadn't let go of that anger, I'd be consumed by this need for revenge. Forgiving him helps me move on. And her Mishap led to her mission in life, volunteering with the county probation department, trying to help others. But I know for the rest of my life, I'll be known as the turkey lady. Could have been worse. He could have thrown a ham, and then I'd be Miss Piggy. (laughs) Victoria Ruvalo, Max Lucado says, knows how to fill a basin, a foot-washing basin what you and I have heard these past few weeks, members of our church family sharing stories of grace overflowing here at our church in its pulpit, on Facebook, Sarah Yeska, Lauren Range, Amy McCombs, Larry Bork, Kristen Shepard, Tim and Stephanie Chipman, and today you'll hear from Craig Albers. They've all shared how Jesus has poured grace into their lives I know it's not limited to these folks, it's just a snapshot. Each of us here have experienced grace overflowing. It's not always the big, incredible miracles that surprise us because Jesus accepts us the way that we are grimy and gritty, unpolished, undeserving. And he washes our feet anyway. This world is hard and challenging and nasty at times, and the turkey lady, Victoria Ruvalo, knows this, and so do you. 
These stories that are shared, the grace you experience is the very reason I am a pastor. In a world that's nasty, I see you choosing to share love. And when you do that, I see you filling the basin. In a world that's confusing and challenging, I see you share grace. It's as if you keep filling this font with God's grace overflowing. It's the very reason I give. Because I see you choosing love over revenge. Because I hear you choosing grace over hate. And because even when you make mistakes, you keep coming to this table, to this font, This is why Siobhan and I are planning to take a step up again this year. We are increasing our pledge commitment from $585 a month to $615 a month, which comes to an increase of $7 a week. I challenge you to take a step up in your giving this year. It's a response to God's grace overflowing. As we fill this with that overflowing grace we discover how much grace is in our lives this week as we celebrate thanksgiving as we make commitments to god as we approach this font of grace overflowing i encourage you to take a note from the turkey lady give generously give graciously we are called by god to wash people's feet to extend grace to fill a basin but don't forget to remember that humor is an important element. She said it could have been worse. He could have thrown a ham, and she'd have been known as Miss Piggy. And by the way, in some surprise twist for the Warren Thanksgiving this year, my dad, who always makes eggplant ratatouille, this year emailed the dish he's bringing, and they're making potatoes, sweet potatoes, and mashed potatoes. So Siobhan finally got it this year. Mashed potatoes. Surprising grace is grace overflowing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us affirm our faith by standing and saying the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This time I'd like to, please be seated, I'd like to invite Craig Albers to share a moment of Surprising grace. First, let me say it's nice to see this side of all of you. Because <laughs> usually I see the backs of you. When you are the recipient of grace, it simply means you have the favor of God in your life. The favor of God in your life. Think about that for a moment. Think about the awesomeness of the favor of God. And now think about it overflowing. Grace is a gift given through, by God through his son, Jesus Christ. The word grace, as used in Scripture, more than 170 times refers primarily to enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. For all of you who may not know, overflowing grace came from Janet Chipman, the chair of our stewardship committee. What I mean to say is Janet brought the idea of overflowing grace as a way to demonstrate God's love for us and how we might respond during our stewardship campaign. And for multiple weeks now, you've heard from the pulpit, you've heard by letter, you've heard on Facebook from our fellow First Press members as they talk about grace in their life. And now during our stewardship time, we have a heightened awareness of God's grace. 
but it's really with us all year long. For me, grace shows up in my life many ways, specifically with my daughter Madeline. You all know her as Maddie, but I know her as Grace or Gracie, and every time I hear that word grace, I get a smile on my face and a warmth in my heart. You see, Grace is Maddie's middle name, and as a little girl, I would call her Grace or Gracie in a loving way. Of course, if she'd done something that wasn't so good, she got the full name treatment, Madeline Grace Albers. <laughs> but usually it was Grace or Gracie, and for me, there's grace in my life every day. Now, you're probably wondering, Craig, what does this have to do with the stewardship campaign? I, I want you all to understand that you have grace, grace in your life every day, and we didn't earn it. Grace, as author Jerry Bridges describes, is God's free and unmerited favor. And put bluntly, if we earn it, it's not grace. So in a way like Oprah, you get grace, and you get grace, and you get grace, and you get grace. And I don't think Oprah's ever been evoked here at the pulpit. For three weeks now, our stewardship committee has talked about saving grace, sustaining grace, sharing grace, and now surprising grace overflows. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that always having sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance of every good deed. On this final Sunday of Stewardship's campaign, we have yet another opportunity to respond to God's grace. And I say another because, as I mentioned earlier, we receive God's grace every day, and we return it and we share it in so many ways. Today is a time when we think about our commitment to First Presbyterian Church. How will we respond when called to meet the needs of this church family and beyond? In addition to some very informative information pieces you received, the estimate of giving commitment card in the mail recently, and there are more in your pews uh, by the giving envelopes. During the offering, we ask that you come forward with your offering and your commitment card and place them in the basket and also take a bookmark. If you prefer, ushers will be available to come and collect your commitment card. Saving grace, sustaining grace, sharing grace, surprising grace. Grace not just today or during stewardship, but grace every single day. Please be seated. Let's quiet our hearts and turn to God in prayer. Patient and merciful and grace 
giving God. We seem to think that being people of faith is a campaign for your favor. We posture and make gestures of holiness and grace, but we easily slide back into habits of self-centeredness. That you have forgiven us each time as you wash our feet. You call us beloved children. Today we are about to complete the journey of this Christian year during which we have learned the witness and grace of Jesus Christ, the birth and growth of our church, the great lessons that we hear from these Hebrew and Greek scriptures. This year has been an opportunity for us to renew our acquaintance with all those who have gone before, who have been faithful disciples. We receive grace, not just for these few weeks, but grace every day. Help us take these lessons of grace into our hearts and lives and share them beyond these walls. The reign of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, our Savior, be evident in all that we say, think, and do as we respond, sharing symbols of grace, washing people's feet. Pray that you watch over those who need your tender touch, who need your healing, who need extra grace this Thanksgiving. We pray that you give us your tender words, your tender love, and your overflowing grace. And now let us pray the prayer your Son taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For our call to offering, I encourage you to come forward as you are able with your offering and commitment cards. And take a bookmark with you to keep as a reminder of God's grace overflowing in each of our lives. As Craig said, every day. Ushers will assist as needed. If you can't come forward, just make sure an usher knows. Let us give of our tithes and our offerings and our whole selves.
Let's dedicate these gifts to God by saying the prayer of dedication together. Almighty Christ, you gave us the gift of yourself. Now we offer these gifts to you, asking that you bless them and use them to share your surprising grace with all. In your name we pray. Amen. We stand in the midst of Christ's overflowing grace, this river of grace. Each of you have a place in this, sharing the water that is overflowing from each of your homes, picture from each place. The hymn we sang right before this, giving our commitments was come thou fount. We all come to the fount to be filled with grace. Grace that Christ brings is hope every hour and every day. And now let us receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the bond of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x 
www.mastercardmedia.org. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.